0: And Gambo, Arizona sports, the local sports leader. Some movement from the Arizona, or from the uh, Phoenix Suns, rather, as we welcome you back to the 5 o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show, live from the auction Community Studios. Our own Kellen Olsen tweeting out three minutes ago, Chris Paul has been upgraded to questionable for the Suns' matchup with the Celtics tomorrow. He has missed the last 14 games with a right heel soreness. Troy Craig has also been upgraded to questionable. Okay. after missing the last three games with the right growing strain. Suns have put out their injury report and those guys are questionable. Still no Jay Crowder, still no Cam Johnson, still no Dwayne Washington Jr. No surprises there but that is an upgrade for both of those players. They have not been ruled out. They are at the very least questionable okay. for tomorrow's game yeah, against and that's, Boston. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it, it, like you said it's time to get these reinforcements back. It's uh, At times it's fun for a short amount of time to play without some guys and see how you do but it's you don't want to go through the long haul with that. No, it, at times it is fun and it's it and, and honestly with Chris, it was productive. I mean, it really, it, I, it, it, it's the truth. For me, at least, it was productive to see how they played without him because they need to develop other options other than him, okay? I mean, come playoff time, if he's struggling, if he's tired, if he's not able to keep up with the grind of the playoffs, you're going to have to have somebody other than Devin Booker who's going to be able to score. So I thought him missing that time was very informative for them, right, to figure out kind of what their other options are and how it's going to work. But there comes a time where you just need to be full strength and play Playing the Boston Celtics would be one of those. Last night was one of those. It really felt like they were just shorthanded last night again. I don't know if it would have made any difference or not. Maybe they still would have gotten blown out by the Dallas Mavericks. Maybe Luka Doncic would still own the Phoenix Suns when it's all said and done. But last night felt like they were really, really thin and needed to start getting some guys back. Yeah. They just weren't able to mount a comeback after they got down so big they Had the poor first quarter, they couldn't get stops. And listen, that's sometimes, you know, styles make fights. You know, we say that in boxing styles, make fights, uh, um, that's a bad matchup for Phoenix. I mean, you could say, oh, but they had won ten games in a row against them, and I get that. Like, I get it. But the reality is, like, in you know, in the last four games that they played against them, the Mavericks have blown them out three times, and in the one game that they lost, the Mavericks are up by twenty-two. Yeah. So they've they've kind of figured it out that they've got that what 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 happened ten games ago doesn't matter. What's happening in the last four games is what matters. No, and that's and that's what's been the fascinating thing about this, and that's that's why we. <laughs> Look, let's call it like it is. When when the Suns got the Dallas Mavericks in the second round of the playoffs, we're like, oh, yeah, bring the Dallas Mavericks on. We don't care about them. The Suns had won 12 straight games against them, 10, before the playoffs are 12 when you count games one and games two. It was seen as the perfect matchup for the Phoenix Suns. Easiest A, path. The easiest But The Dallas mm. Mavericks. The Suns owned the Dallas Mavericks. It was 10 straight, nine straight regular season games and then the games one and games two. But you're right. The recent history is what matters the most here, and the recent history is a bunch of blowout losses. It's falling behind big, even at home. You can't beat them here. You can't beat them there. You next time they play is here, January 26th. January 26th, they will play. as a TNT game, the Mavericks at the Suns. So you'll have a different-looking team by that time, right? Jay Crowder should be traded by then, I hope. But, (laughs) yeah... Are you sure? I don't know. I don't know. I would think that he's going to be traded by then. you you, you sure about that? But that's the next time they play. They're going to play January 26th. Look, let's get right down to this. Mm -hmm. It's a Luka Doncic conversation. I mean, the Suns were ill-equipped to deal with him last night, especially when they're going to hit 23s, especially when they're going to shoot 49% from three, because Luka crashing, tearing apart the defense, Getting into the teeth of what the Suns are trying to do and then leaving all those shooters wide open. It was a terrible recipe and they have not been able to figure this guy out basically since those first two games of that playoff series no, it's last not, and year. And it's nothing like what they do is they've got they've got fives, bigs, that spread the floor and take your bigs away from the basket. And then what they do better than anybody is they, you know, okay, Mikhail's on Luca Not for long, because what happens? Powell comes over, puts a body in front of Mikhail, and then all of a sudden, Luka's on Landry Shamit or Luka's on DeAndre Ayton, or Luka's on somebody to where it's a huge advantage for him. They do it every single time. The Suns want, you know, when Mikhail was out that a Koji was on him. They don't want a Koji on him, so what do they do? You set up a little pick, a Koji's off of him, and now all of a sudden he's on it. So they're real good at taking advantage. Now, the Suns feel good about their defense and their switches. Hey, we can switch. We're good. We've got guys that could go. No, they don't. They don't. I mean, once you get the preferred matchup, Luka kills the preferred matchup. Now, maybe other teams, when their players aren't as good as Luka, yeah, you feel good about, you know, if they switch on us, we're okay. We can switch defensively and be okay. That doesn't work against the Mavericks. No, it doesn't, and that's that's something, I think, you watched the game last night. It was very obvious to notice that the Suns usually are really good at switching, usually They're they're head on a swivel. They know where they need to be. They're quick. They're athletic. They go to their spots. There's some reason against the Dallas Mavericks, they do just look lost out there. And everything's a step slow defensively. And they're not sure where they're supposed to be. And and there's, you know, it feels as if the Dallas Mavericks and Luka now in their heads a little bit. And and you got to deal with that. And, And it's also possible that there's beyond the basketball component of this. Luka Doncic, look, look at his numbers and look at what they have done as a team to the Suns since the Luka Special. The well, Special. It's pure dominance. Game five, it's Everybody pure remembers. dominance. Yeah. Game five was the Luka Special. That yep. was the Suns won by 30. Took a three games to two lead. We all thought the Suns were going to win the series. Incredible. Devin Booker gets fouled. I know, right? It seems like forever ago. Devin Booker gets fouled, goes down hard, lays on the court for a while. Peeks up at the camera, sees that he's, it's on him, winks at the camera, gets up, calls it the Luca special. Luca walks off the court after the game and said, yeah, it's easy to be like that when you're up, right? Ever since that moment. Luka and the Dallas Mavericks have punked the Suns every chance they get, except for the opener, which, again, the Mavs are up by 24, and the Suns miraculously rallied to win that game. The Mavs have dominated the Suns since the Luka special. Yeah, these numbers, and I'll give. you So the Mavs have outscored the Suns by 79 points in that span. 79 points. Here's the numbers for Luka in the four games. 33 points, 35 points, 35 points, 33 points. 33, 35, 35, 35. Let me give you the rebounds. 11, 10, 9, 6. 11, 10, 9, 6. And here's the assist. 8 assists, 4 assists, 6 assists, 8 assists. That is Lucas' games, the 4 games that have been flat-out dominant when he plays the Suns. I mean, they can't really stop him. But the key is, like, you could beat the Mavs if he's scoring 33 or 35 if their other guys don't play well. Well, that's it. Because, okay, you, you, give, me those, give me those numbers again. Give me the point totals again. 33, 35, 35, 33. Okay, you know what he's averaging in the NBA this year? 33 and a half. So it's, it's the same. It's the same. Right? I mean, those numbers, his rebounds are up a little. His assists are up a little. But basically, this Luka Doncic dominance against the Phoenix Suns is the the, same dominance he's doing with everybody else. Same thing he's doing with everybody else in the league. But Christian Woods doesn't play well. He's played two good games. They're both against the Suns. That's the key. All of a sudden, Dinwiddie's hitting five threes. Green's playing like that. That's the key. So maybe it's it's all the other guys get up for the Suns, too. Maybe. Right? Because it's not Luka's... When you think about it, Luca's really not doing anything that much more special against the Suns than he's done against just about every team he's played this year so far. But the other guys are. But the other guys are. And that's what's different here. You know, like w- the last game the Mavs played, what, it was against the Knicks, their old teammate Jalen Brunson? Yeah, they killed him. They, well, they killed him. They went bonkers from three points, right? They did it again last night. Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Spencer Lucas Luka's, there's nothing you can do about Luca. Luca's going to get 33 Right, Luca's going to get eight rebounds. He's going to get nine assists. That's just that's who he is. Christian Wood, who couldn't even start for this team and was in the doghouse, had eighteen points, nine rebounds, and five assists. It's the other guys you got to figure out. Hardaway hit deal five with. threes. Dinwiddie hit five threes. Green was six to seven from the field, sixteen points. Yep. So you know, you say, "Oh, Luca gets up for the Suns." Yeah, of course he does. He gets up for everybody because he's that great of a player. Great players get up for everybody. They find a way. The other players get up for the Suns. These other guys play better against the Suns than they do against anybody else. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. It's hard to imagine the Cardinals moving on from a GM that they just signed to an extension a few months ago. Except the Titans did exactly the same thing today. We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. If you missed it earlier, we had um, a super fired up conversation about Sean Payton. Not that we were arguing about whether the Cardinals should. It's just a question of whether the Cardinals will. Will they with Cliff? Will they with Steve? Will they give him the money? And that was the big point Gambo was making earlier was was, it's, it's a lot of money. It would be a lot of money not only to get Sean Payton here, but it'd also be a lot of money to eat the contracts of the guys whose place he'd be taking. Right. I mean, it's a big financial transaction and nobody can say for sure whether that's one that Michael would want to do or not. Nobody nobody knows. But as we get closer and closer to the end of the season, five games remaining for the Arizona Cardinals, we know that this season has basically been boiled down to what's going to happen at the end. Is Cliff going to be back? Is Steve going to be back? Is Michael going to clean house? Is he going to partially clean house? Nobody knows the answer to that. Nobody knows what Michael's appetite is financially to make this happen, especially if it's a guy like Sean Payton, right? We do know this today. There was a move that went down in the National Football League. And on the surface, it doesn't have anything to do with the Arizona Cardinals at all. But given the set of circumstances involved with John Robinson, the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, getting fired today, people have looked at his resume, what he's built, what he's done, and the fact that he just got a contract extension like 10 months ago. And people have said, well, wait, if they're willing to do that, Would the Cardinals be willing to do the same with their general manager? You know, it really just comes down to ownership. So here's a guy in, in Robinson, 66 wins, 43 losses. Okay, he took him to the AFC Championship game in 2019. Or his team—that was his team. He's the GM. They were the number one seed in the playoffs last year. They have made the playoffs four times in six years. They're probably going to make the playoffs this year because they're in first place. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, they've had a three-game losing streak, but they announced in on February eighth they announced that the contract extension, and they said at the time that uh, Adam's Strunk, who is the Amy Strunk, Amy Strunk. I say, yeah, Amy. um, it was actually Adam that said it. Adam Oh, was it Adam strong- said it? Okay. Oh, no, it, No, a- Amy Adams Strunk. I'm sorry. I'm getting okay. these three names confused. Announced the contract extension, said that we will be, Mike Rabel and him will be leading our football team for years to come. And here it is 10 months later, and they fire the guy after the success that they've had. Now, there are negatives with every team, and the negatives were a lot of their draft picks didn't work out. The A.J. Brown trade didn't work out. You just played the Eagles, and A.J. Brown, he kicked your ass. So they decided to fire him, even though they gave him a new contract extension. So they'll hire a new GM for whatever reason. They just felt like they want to do better and that they weren't doing good enough. Yeah. And and look, they were doing pretty well. But that's a moving target for every organization, right? You would as a Cardinals fan, all right, when you okay, they were eleven and six a year ago, but look at where they finished the last four or five years. Third, second, third, fourth, fourth, third, second. They haven't finished first in the division since the year they were thirteen and three. That was a long time ago. They've they've won they've gone to one playoff game since they were thirteen and three. All right. It's been a long stretch of lack of postseason success. I'd imagine Cardinal fans would look at what the Tennessee Titans have done and said, man, I'd give my right arm to be the Tennessee Titans. Four playoff appearances in six years, a championship game, a number 1 seed. Yeah, there's a lot of things to like about that. But for some reason, they decided, you know, and and this is what she said, I believe there's more to be done and higher aspirations to be met. Wasn't good enough. Yep, and to fire a general manager in the middle of a first-place season means she must have just been piss for lack of a better way of putting it with now maybe there's something else going on that we don't know maybe there's something else behind the scenes that led to the dismissal but again what i would say in that huh no but nobody's, nobody's saying, saying nobody's that, reporting yeah. it yet yeah, yeah and i i don't know i don't know if there's anything else going on it's just uh, most people were struck by how unusual it all was for a team yeah do they hide and I, I get it you're a number one seed you said they were the number one seed twice. Yes, right? they lost last year. They were number one seed. They lost to Cincy. Okay, you have expectations to go far in the playoffs when you're the number one seed, and yes. if you don't, mm-hmm. and I think probably more than anything, what got him were the draft picks. That there's there haven't been a lot of second contracts in Tennessee. There haven't been, there hasn't been a lot of retention. Now that's a story that if you're drawing parallels, all right, between two general managers. In many ways, the same set of circumstances exists here, right? There haven't been a lot of second contracts handed out to draft picks. There hasn't been a huge We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The amount of elite players the Arizona Cardinals have plucked from the draft. They've gotten good players. Very good players. Byron Murphy's a very good player. What was the list? Top players under 25? Yeah, uh, the top 25 under 25. Not one Cardinal made the list. Right. Jalen Thompson should have. I agree. He should have. But other than that, any of their first, second, third round picks from the last three or four years, none of them are there. Right. None of them have made it. And it sounds like the same situation was kind of going on in Tennessee. Will Michael Bidwell use this as some sort of a guide? I don't know. No, I, we, we don't know. We, we don't know what Michael's thinking is with this. Will he? Won't he? Is it just Cliff? Is it both of them? Are they both back because of the injuries? We okay, talked- we've never talked about that scenario. Could you get rid of the GM and keep the coach? No, no, no. That no. That's off the table, as far I, I, in, my, in my guess. I don't think that could happen. No, I think that that's the least likely. I think the most likely is you just clean house altogether if you're unhappy with the way the season goes. The number two scenario is you keep the GM and you get rid of the coach. And the number three scenario is you get rid of the uh, you get rid of the. No, the number three scenario is you keep them both. You keep them both. I think that's the number three, and then the number that four. Might, is, that might be the number one scenario. It might be. It might be because. They can say they they can say to Michael, the organization can say to us, Hey look, guys, we were beat to hell all year. Injuries. Crazy injuries. Lots of injuries. Never had a chance. Offensive line never had a chance. Wide receiving core was a mess. Seventy something different players have started for yep. us. We just nobody's had that. We've nobody. Ne- we've never had a chance. Let's before We To your point about Sean Payton, before we eat a big old money pie this offseason and eat all these contracts of all these guys that we just extended between our GM and our coach, let's run it back, give them one more year, see if we can get a little better luck with the health, and try one more time. And if it doesn't work then, then we clean up. Could I see that scenario? Oh, my gosh, I could absolutely see that scenario. Because the, the, it's set up to use the injuries as a reason to give them one more chance. I don't know if fans are going to buy it. I don't know. If, I don't think they're going to care for it. I think fans are going to be – I think fans are kind of clamoring for a clean house. And when they don't get it, I, I don't know how upset they're going to be about it. But you can see where the reasoning for bringing them back would exist. It lies within the injuries. People might not agree with it, but that's where you could find the rationalization to do it. If I'm estimating here that there's $52 million left to pay your GM and your coach over the next four years, okay, my estimate is that it's about $52 million. This is kind of like the Madison Bumgarner contract. There comes a point where you can eat it, and there comes a point where you can't. Well, if you do that, what you're saying, like, hey, give us another year to run it back, well, then you take off 13, so now fifty two minus thirteen, you know, now you're down to thirty nine, you know. So you know, is it a lot? Is it a lot easier to eat thirty nine than fifty two? Like there is a financial aspect of this that you just you've talked about this, but you can't ignore it. No, you can't. You can't ignore it because again, it's a lot of money, right? So if you're paying say eight to the coach and five to the GM and then you bring in another coach and say you do get the best one ever and you're paying him 15 million and then you're paying another GM five. You're talking about 13 and 33 million dollars a year. Yeah, I know. And you know what? Because you're paying four guys for two jobs and you're doing that for four years. You're right to bring it up. All right. You are very right to bring it up. But I'll tell you something you and I both know. You and I both know that there are two things that fans typically do not care about. They do not care about injuries as it relates to performance, and they really don't care about money when it comes to something like that. Sean Payton's available. Fans want Sean Payton to go be the head coach, and they don't. The money, it's of course it matters. Of course, it's a big deal. But fans like injuries. Fans don't care about injuries. I mean, they should. They should, but they typically don't. You know, they they don't get all obsessed with how many games a guy has missed or how many games a team has lost because of injuries. They just want to know whether their team's going to be in the playoffs listen, or not. Like we've said all along, right? It's not cap money; it's Michael money. Right? That's Michael money. Yep. Michael, you want to eat? You know, you want to eat that? You you know that money? Then you eat the money. But the, the question is, does Michael forget about that? Does he even want to pay a co? Even if he didn't. Hi. Say he had a coach opening, would he be willing to go to fifteen million dollars for a Sean Payton if he was available? These are these are all they're all good hypotheticals. Know. Nobody knows. No, there are no answers coming anytime soon. But you better believe that will continue to be one of the you know kind of dominant storylines going into the end of the season. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers Red Hot Chili Peppers headed to State Farm Stadium on May fourteenth with the Strokes. Tickets go on sale this Friday at ten a.m. You can win a pair of tickets now by heading to the contest page at arizonasports.com it is easy to be down after a tough loss to a rival make no mistake about it though the suns are still one of the best teams in the nba they're going up against one that's just like them tomorrow that's next on the burns and gambo show burns and gambo afternoons on arizona sports the local sports leader so, as you just heard, the Sports Center update Chris Paul now questionable for tomorrow against Boston. Tory Craig now questionable tomorrow against Boston. Two key players who have been upgraded for Chris Paul. It's been 14 games since we've seen him, nearly a month now at this point. Tory Craig, they've missed him for the last three. They get those guys potentially back for tomorrow. Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Dwayne Washington Jr., still out. They won't play. Against the Boston Celtics. Now, look, last night's loss is still very much fresh in our minds. Before last night's loss, the Athletic.com put out their weekly power rankings around the NBA. and I know you don't like power rankings. I, really, I do not stand power I don't, I don't care for them much either, but I do always like what they have to say about the teams. I don't care about the number. I don't care about where you're ranked. Although, in this case, it is interesting where the Suns are ranked, especially when the author puts them in tears. Of who he thinks is actually worthy of winning a championship. It's early. It'll probably change a half dozen times between now and the end of the season. But this particular author right now has three teams in the very, very top tier of the NBA. The Celtics are number one. Tomorrow's appointment. Okay. The Bucks are number two. The Suns are number three. The only other team is it still? Do you still consider it early? It's only quarter of the season. Twenty five. Yeah. 25 games. Yeah, I mean, 20 games is a quarter. Okay. For an 82 game season. I right, so still a little I early do still, you. I still think it's early. I mean, especially when. It's fair. You know, I mean, the Suns last year won 64 games and they, got, they lost in the second round of the playoffs, right? I mean, it's like the regular season. There's one thing that we were reminded of, Gambo. Regular season NBA basketball playoff basketball, right? And and we kind of knew that going in last year. It's like this is going to be hard to watch. You know, after they had lost the finals to Milwaukee, it's going to be hard. But then they played so well, and then it was the franchise record and the number one seed, and you all can get excited about those things. And you know, can you win it all? And then, but I think after last year, you really like. I, you see what these other teams do. You saw what Popovich did—always resting his players. What Kerr did, a Popovich disciple, resting his players. And you kind of realize that you know what? Man, it doesn't matter if you're the one, the two, the three. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. No, it, and that's frustrating because you want it to matter. You want a franchise yeah. record for wins in a season to mean something and matter and to make you the favorite. You got to win a game on the road. Yeah. I mean, the Mavs did it like they wanted, like they had to win a game on the road. They won a game seven on the road. Game seven did not help the Phoenix suns be having the home court advantage. Didn't help. Didn't matter. Nope. They went to Dallas and got clobbered in game six. They came back. They got clobbered in game seven. It didn't matter. The most important thing is to have your team ready. Don't peak too early. Don't be general. We talked last year like, okay, what do you, 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 you You were chasing so many things at the end. Now, finally, they took their foot off the pedal within the last like four games or so. They kind of took their foot off the pedal and kind of coasted. And then people are like, oh, I wonder if that's why. Because they didn't – at this point now, I think more than anything is, you know, hey, Chris Paul, sure. Could you have played in the last week or two? Probably. We're not going to have you play. You're an old, old yeah. player. Why am I going to put... Why I'm not trying to put 82 games on Chris Paul's body right now. No, no. And, and to your point about it being early or not, I, it, it's... It isn't too early to say the Suns are a really good basketball team. All right. Like in that regard, it's not early anymore. Suns are obviously really good. They're, they're an elite team in the NBA that we, we had our doubts at the beginning of the season, whether the Suns would be an elite team, would continue to be one. They are. They're still one of the elite teams in the NBA. It's not too early to say that. It's not too early to say the Celtics are one of the elite teams in the NBA, the elite team, maybe the Bucks, the same thing. That part's not too early, but to say, to say that there are only three teams in the very top tier capable of winning a championship this year, that is way too early to say that. Would you take, and I love this conversation, if I gave you those three, two, those three teams to the field, what would you take? Field. I give you the Suns, I give you the Celtics, I give you the Bucks. Field. Field. You know me. I'm always going to be the field guy. guy. I'm that's, always going to be the field guy. But that's I'm three teams. I know. But I'm going to play the odds. And Eric... Would you take the field? You take the field. Okay, Eric says. Laure- oh, Lauren's busy. She's I would busy. take the three teams. I, you always do, though. You do. You're, I would take Boston, Milwaukee, and Phoenix. You're, you're the guy who took. What were the, the, um, Dodgers. the, Dodgers. It was the Dodgers? The Dodgers. I it was took Dodgers one team. The field. Right, but I just took one. I now mean, I'm getting three. You're getting three. I'm I, not just. Sometimes I take the field with one, and I'm an idiot. Like I agree, I'm an idiot. I, you're giving me three right now. I would still take the field. Celtics, Milwaukee, and the Suns of the field. The field is New Orleans, Memphis, Denver, the Clippers, Golden State, Cleveland, Atlanta, Indiana. I still Do you still think field. that somebody in the field could bust through that? It's it's. Not even about that. It's just that something could happen, an yes. injury. Somebody uh, could get hurt. Somebody could get eliminated. Somebody could get upset. The Mavericks could happen again. Somebody could do it to the Boston Celtics. Their coach could get suspended. I mean, you know, it's just everything. Just the the uncertainty and the unpredictability of what could happen. I'd rather have the strength and numbers of knowing I've got the rest of the league. It's really not even about doubting the Celtics or doubting the Bucs or doubting the Suns. It's just kind of a numbers game with me. You know, I just want more yeah. at bats. I want mm-hmm. more shots at it, you know? So I would take the field. I get it. I get it. I mean, I like those three right now, but you know, again, you're know, you not even a third of the way through the season. And that's why I think it's too early to say, these are the only three teams. And the guy from the athletic. You're going to have a trade deadline? You're going to have a trade deadline? And and once the Lakers decide, you know what? Let's trade this Anthony Davis to I don't know, to Golden State. (laughs) You know, like, all of a sudden, something like that happens and it changes. Golden State is 10th right now. They're 10th. They're in the play-in game. Like they were two years ago. Mm-hmm. Dallas is ninth. They're in the play-in game. The Lakers so, aren't even in the playoffs right now. No. <laughs> and they're playing really well, though. I mean, they've played. They've won three in a row. The last, Anthony Davis is playing out of his mind. Yeah, they've like won three in a seven row. seven of their last ten or something like that. They've played very, very well. So it's not, and like I want to be fair to the the, the The author of this piece, he's not saying these are the only three teams that are going to win it and that's it. He's just, he's kind of putting it into tiers. Tier one is the contender, tier two, brink of contention, tier three is playoff teams. And so this will change. It's fluid, it's early, it's things like that. I do like the fact that the Suns are being included in this because I do think that nobody thought the Suns were going to be included in this. I think that, that if that's the one thing we've learned so far about the season is that all of the preseason predictions of doom and gloom and destruction and and bad vibes. And what were all those words we were using around media yeah. day during the preseason? That, OK, that's that's all gone. Now we get to focus on bigger picture issues like Chris Paul. How much better are they going to be when he gets back? Jake Crowder, what are they going to do with that trade? Yeah, that's mean, the thing on Chris Paul. Right? It doesn't matter if he plays 70 games or 40 games this year. As long as he's healthy in the playoffs. Yes. But in the playoffs, and this was, you know, and I talked to many a player and coaches about this last year. I mean, it wasn't a matter of, oh, how much rest did he get in November? Like it's a matter of if you do get a schedule, you're back to back to back to back to back. That wears out the older players. Yes. If you don't have the two games in between and the Suns, if you go look at the Suns schedule last year, the majority of their games with New Orleans and Dallas were back to back. Yes, it was. They were. Yes it was. I think there was only one maybe three day break, and I remember Chris Paul talking about it, but the back those back to backs a lot of players don't even consider that like a real day off. Yeah. No, you're right. And that's why the only thing that matters, it isn't how many days off Chris Paul gets during the regular season. Who cares? It's when Chris Paul wears down during the playoffs, not if, but when he wears down during the playoffs, do you have another option you can go to? Yeah. Do you have another way to win games? Do you have another way to score the basketball? If the answer is no, you're not going to win a championship. If the answer, because it's going to happen. No matter how many days off Chris Paul takes, it's going to happen. He's going to get worn out during the playoffs. It's just... It's, a, it's an older inevitable. player, and they put a lot of pressure. These teams understand how much pressure. You put a lot of pressure on Chris Paul. You, you affect his game dramatically, and New Orleans did it. And then uh, and, and New Orleans had some success with it, especially with Alvarado. Remember, they were pressured him full court, and then Dallas did it as well. Texas, your thoughts, the FanDuel text line. It is open for you right now at 620-620. We've seen it up close and personal for years now. But discussing Devin Booker's ascension to the top of the NBA never gets old, even after what happened last night. That's coming up. Burns and Gambo. I agree, I'm an idiot. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Locally? Nothing. Not much. Nothing. No local teams in action tonight. So you can peruse around the world of sports. Watch whatever you want. I think TNT's got a double header tonight in the NBA. Yes, they do. The Lakers taking on the Cavs. And then um, well you talk about the a rough <laughs> talk about a rough second night of a back to back. The Suns experienced it last night. The Dallas Mavericks get to experience it tonight. Oh, They're, who they got? They're in Denver taking on the nuggets. Ooh. At altitude. The altitude. Second night of a back to back. That's that's rough. That's rough. See how they do. And those play in tournaments right now up the season, that's crazy. Those teams that are up, Golden State and Dallas in the play in tournaments. I know, right? When you look at the standings, I uh, won't end up that way. I don't expect it will, but that's what it would be right, right now. now. yeah, the play-in tournament would be Portland's the 7, Utah's the 8, Dallas is the 9, Golden State is the 10. Those are your four teams that would be in the play-in tournament. tournament. Right. And they're all, wow, and those four teams? Yep, they're all separated by a half game. They're all, I mean, everybody's really, the whole West really is bunched in. The Suns have the best record in the Western Conference. Pelicans are a half game behind. The Grizzlies are only a game behind. The Mavericks are only three and a half behind. The now. Mavericks are only three and a half behind. And they're 10th, I mean, right? Yeah, it's I mean it's and that's why it's early because yeah. we haven't had that separation yet yeah. in the season. Um and then in the east, let's see. Philly's seven, Toronto's eight, Miami's nine, Washington is ten. I don't think Washington's trading Kyle Kuzma anytime soon. Ooh, that'll be a conversation tomorrow. Look, the Sun that the Suns do love Kuzma. They do like Kuzma. If they were going to make it, if Washington was willing to trade him, the Suns would do that. But I mean, why would they trade Kuzma for Jay Crowder, who's on an expiring deal? I don't know unless they need something else in there. Yep, I would think unless I would think you'd have to sweeten it with a little draft pick or something like that because Washington's still hanging in there. They might end up losing that when it's all said and done, and maybe they'd be more inclined to trade when it's all said and done. But as of right now, they're they're in the play in tournament. So we'll see if that we'll see if that six or not. That's what's on tonight. Chris there's also NHL on tonight, college basketball as well. I'm looking up right now, and there's number two Texas taking on number seventeen Illinois, the Jimmy V Men's Classic. So there's. there's sports. Sports on tonight, but locally, there's not. Now, this time tomorrow, we'll be getting you ready for the Sun Celtics. Oh, quick reminder about tomorrow's show, too. Yes. Um, Kenny Dillingham, the head coach of ASU, is going to be joining us in studio tomorrow at 2.15. We're going to have him for basically the rest of the 2 o'clock hour tomorrow from 2.15 on. Three whole segments. We're really looking forward to that. He's been adding coaches to his staff. The transfer portal, obviously, has been a very kind of important place to be for college football. A lot of people have been talking about that. And we will get the pleasure of having Coach Dillingham in studio tomorrow for three whole segments. Just really Looking break down his plan. You know what does what does he think? How you know he this was his dream job. He loves it, and so really talk about you know the, and we'll talk about the trend, the kids that are leaving, the kids that he's adding, the coaching staff he's put together, the the you know the exodus of USC and UCLA, and what it means for the conference. There's so many things to talk to him about. That's why we penciled him in for three segments. So I texted him last week. I said we got to get you in, so we were able to work it out. Out. He's going to come in tomorrow. Yeah, okay. So that's uh, that's coming up tomorrow. And then, of course, tomorrow we'll also have a lot of Suns Celtics to look at as that big game coming up tomorrow from Footprint Center and 8 o'clock tip time tomorrow night. And certainly that's one we'll be previewing quite a bit as well. All right, what kind of like the power ranking story we did earlier in the okay. show in which the Suns were ranked third. This one doesn't go down as easy because Devin Booker didn't score any points last night in the first quarter. He had a really rough game. But his ascension through the ranks of the NBA continues continues. continues to impress and amaze. In fact, I remember you and I had a conversation about Book and whether he could get any higher than where he was at, right? Could he get any better? Could Could he he improve, right? Devin Booker is improving. Devin Booker is getting better. Last night's game, notwithstanding, because he wasn't very good last night, Devin Booker continues to grow All in the eyes of the NBA with what he's been able to do this year. Yeah. Bleacher Report ranked the biggest NBA players and star leaps this season. So the biggest star leaps. They had Trey Jones at number 10. I'll come back to Book in a second. They had Book at number nine. Miles Turner was number eight. He's had a big jump when you look at what, you know, what, what, you know, what he's done points wise and rebounds and uh, everything. Luca was number seven. Desmond Bain, number six, Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, uh, it's always start. It always hurts to talk about him. Don't even start. Last year, fifteen point three points a game. This year, nineteen point one. Last year, four rebounds. This year, four point seven. Last year, eight point two assists. This year, ten point nine. I said, don't start. <laughs> uh. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just like you know. It's like yeah. the one thing, right? It's the one thing. The one that got away. The it's one, like the high school girl that got away, or something, right? It's it, just, it's just the, the, for many people. The one decision, right? Like the one sliding doors moment mm-hmm. for the organization. Hey, don't take Jalen Smith. Take Tyrese Halliburton. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Tyrese Halliburton, the one that got away. Okay, who else on the list? All right, uh, Devin Vassell from San Antonio. Really, and then and then I, know, I love the way this guy's played Bobo. Bobo with with, uh, Orlando. This is incredible. 2.4 points last year, 12.9 this year. 1.4 rebounds last year, 7.7 this year. This kid's been incredible. Like, he's been absolutely incredible this year. 0.1 blocks to 1.9 block. Number two, Larry Markkinen, former U of A star with what he's doing for Utah. And then number one, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's gone from 24.5 points to 31, and his assists about the same. Steals have gone up a little bit, but he's really scored a whole lot. So what impresses me about that List is that there aren't a lot of stars on it, right? Luca, most Luca's book. The only Luke and book. Luca and Buck. Luke and book are the only ones. Most that most of that list is guys who were good last year who are playing great. Some yeah, Miles this Turner, uh, right. Devin Vassell, yeah, I, Desmond for Bain. You, for you to be an established superstar on that list and still improve enough to be on that list tells a big story, doesn't it? It does. Let me give you one stat on Book that I really liked here, and I know we're running out of time, but I just want to get it. Um, Phoenix is scoring 122.6 points per 100 possessions with Booker on the floor compared to 102.6 when he sits. So in 100 possessions, and everybody uses this, it's a pretty common thing, 122.6 points when he's on the court 102.6 when he's off the court. That's a big difference. Yes. When he sits, they struggle. Yes. That's a huge difference. And that, in addition to the assists being up, the shooting percentage being up, the rebounds being up, the scoring being up, Devin Booker for, for an established first team all NBA player to get better, right? To, to be among those who are getting better speaks to what he's done with Chris Paul out and, and, I think it's been a good ride. Hopefully, Chris Paul is back, and hopefully, honestly, for really putting our Christmas list out there. Hopefully, Chris Paul's back, and Chris Paul's closer to the version of Chris Paul we're used to. I don't want it just Chris Paul back. Do they want him to be the Chris Paul from last year? Or do they want to take the pressure off of him and not have him handle the ball as much? I, I think you just need him to be better than he's been so far this year. Yeah. You know, he just needs to be better than he's been so far this been, year. He is. He was not good in the first 10 games he played. It's going to do it for us. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow straight up 2 o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home go.